Hey everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Village Global's Venture Stories. I'm here today joined by two very special guests, Sasha Lizimi of Yubo, a portfolio company, and Francois Metier, a partner at Alvin. Uh, Sasha, Francois, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Eric. Thank you so much. So by way of introduction, Sasha, why don't you give an introduction to, to, to what is Yubo? Yes, of course. So Yubo is a social platform to have meaningful interactions with other people, and basically Yubo is a public space where you have small group of people that can interact through video, audio, and chat in real time based on the topic of the conversation and the people in, in the group. And we currently have more than 40 million users and 80% of our users are between 15 to 20 years old. So we target the generation Z and we target this generation because they have a strong need of socializing online because there is no difference for them between online and offline. Yeah. Uh, Francois, how did you uh, uh, get into uh, this uh, broader space of Gen Z and, and entertainment and what are you working on at Alvin? Yes, I started in 2010 at Vivendi Universal, a large entertainment group owning companies like Universal Music or Activision Blizzard. And I was a junior in a team in charge of thinking about the future of entertainment for next generations. At the time, it was a lot about TV, interactive TV, social TV, and mobile was only emerging with Instagram being founded six months later. And a funny story is we saw Netflix at its beginning in the US, and we kept saying in the team, SVOD will never work at scale. They will never manage to come to Europe because it's too complicated, or potentially we would acquire them before. And the funny thing is today, Netflix is worth 8x the whole Vivendi group, right? So very interesting insight about how large and kind of old corporates think and behave. A couple of years later, in 2015, I had left Vivendi. I had launched and sold my first company to another European media group. And I serendipitously joined the world of venture capital. And as I explained before, during that period, technology and open marketplaces had accelerated the transformation of this industry. And I kind of decided to get back to this space as an investor to find the next Netflix for the next generations. That's awesome. Sa- Sasha, hear, hear more about how, how, how you got into to social more broadly. And then let's get into what's it like to be a Gen Z today? How should we think about sort of the differences between Gen Z and and, and previous generations at, at, uh, at the same age or, or even now in comparison? Yes, yes, sure, sure. So, so, so actually, it's been more than 10 years that I'm in this space. So I've always had this mission with my co-founder to improve the way of how people connect and interact online. And basically, we, we started when we were 18. I met my co-founder at the university and we launched our first product design for students and it was hyper-relocated group of chat where people could communicate anonymously, uh, a bit like Yikyak or Whispers. With this product, we were very young and we had some issues with uh, with bullying. 
So we decided to, to focus on, 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 our, on our studies. And then we moved to one of the best engineering schools in, in, in France. And this is where we launched our second product with a, a very simple concept to meet one person per day either for networking, for sports, for dating, for friendship. And this product didn't work because uh, it was a good idea, but uh, no one needed a, a product like this. And then we, we learned Tubo in, in 2015 uh, by starting with a simple problem that was millions of people were sharing their Snapchat username online. And we just wanted to understand who were sharing their Snapchat username online and why they were sharing the Snapchat username online. If it was to find new followers, to, to become an influencer, to make new friends, to find new content. And this is how we understood that our target was the Generation Z and that this generation has a strong need to, to, to make new friends online and to socialize online. And it was a way for them to, to find this solution. Francois, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, how you see sort of uh, Gen Z pragmatism and, and, and determination and sort of, you know, uh, behavior. Yeah, I mean, like, Gen Z is a particular generation that have grown up very fast with often uncensored digital exposure to what awaits them in the household uh, in areas of their professional, romantic, social, or political lives. They are, like, under constant competition from global academic and professional to social platforms. And they have impoverished connections and they feel isolated because of constant connectivity and constant exposure to social spaces. And so this is a bit of the bad news for them. And, uh, and the good news are like, they are fully conscious of the good, the bad and the ugly of the world they live in today. And they are, as you said, very pragmatic and determined about their life. And I read a study the other day saying that 80% of Gen Z believe that they will need to work harder than previous generations to succeed. Uh, and, and they're very highly focused on making and saving money, meaning they understand the importance of being prepared for an uncertain financial future and they prioritize it from a young age, whereas it's uh, definitely not the case for a millennial like me, but this is another topic. And if you look at other data from YouTube, for instance, it's interesting to see that like 70% of Jay-Z are more likely than any other viewer to watch videos related to life hacks, which tells a lot about their mindset with regard to life. And when you get the character traits of this generation, you better understand the consequences in their digital behavior and life expectations. And one important consequence is that they are looking for ways to disconnect from the increasing adult pressure and disconnecting spaces where they can just be teens, where they can play, where they can socialize without consequences, or I say with less consequences than in the real world. And they can reassert control over their own world and their own identity. Uh, this, this is really important. There is another consequence that, like, we talk about the tough professional competition that they are in with globalization, with, uh, you know, like, uh, everyone be, being now connected and, and competing, like, every school in the world. So it's a generation that wants to thrive 
and that need tools and places to stand out from their peers. And for instance, entertainment becomes a productivity enhancer for them, like skill building, topic learning, and sometimes it goes toward a real meaning in life and a full-time job. So competition is something that's very important with regard to their behavior in the, in, in, in the digital space. And the third consequence, and I think it's the most important, is that Gen Z isn't only about competing. They're about discovering and collaborating. And like they crave today authentic, meaningful, and real-time relationship in safe places, free from bullying, just like Sasha uh, explained before. And they want to, to work with each other and build together towards a shared goal. That's very important. So there, there, there's sort of social networks and then there's entertainment platforms uh, for Gen Z. How should we think about uh, you know, the differences there? And then how do you sort of see the entertainment platform shaking out in terms of different different models? Yeah, like we discussed that a lot with Sasha over the past four years after our early investment in, uh, in Ubo. And finally, we came up to a list of three different types of social entertainment platform that we see proliferate now <clears throat> in the digital space. So first, there is what we call the outcome-driven spaces, and I will get back to it. Second, there is the open space, and uh, Yubo is a strong example of, a, of, of an open space, and Sasha will explain a bit. And third, there is like what we call the virtual worlds that have recently emerged, blending both previous experiences and which are really interesting. So just let me explain what we what we call the outcome-driven space. So those space are digital social platforms where you expect some specific outcome to derive from your actions. And they are dealing mostly with human performance, fame, influence, and broadly speaking, competition, and at the end of the day, money. So those platforms are mainly content-centric and you add social layer on top, okay? And they can be live, or they can be asynchronous. So for instance, Twitch is a live outcome-driven space. So it's a space where esports players showcase their performance to get famous, to get more followers, and more influent in the esports space. If you take TikTok or Instagram, there are other examples of uh, asynchronous outcome-driven spaces, and they work through the same performance and influence mechanism with content-centric and a rewarding social layer. So again, the objective is to get more followers, uh, to get more fame uh, at every new post. So this is uh, the first type of, uh, of platform, the outcome-driven space. And just like maybe a side note before uh, Sasha talked about the open space, because we say social entertainment, social entertainment, as if social and entertainment were two concepts originally not connected. And the truth is there has been an increasing role and platformization of social in modern entertainment. So historically, uh, the more successful medium, like the most successful contents, they were all socially driven, right? And part of this is purely social pressure. So in order to participate in culture, you need to consume specific media. And, uh, and in addition, many content experience, they become better because uh, others are enjoying it with you, right? So TV realities is uh, much more fun when you can gossip with friends. Uh, and comedies are very funny when they are watched in the theater 
versus uh, Home Alone. Um, so this is the first sequence and Netflix, Spotify, which are old platform right now, they played a lot over those mechanisms, but we all agree today that they sound weak, socially speaking, compared to what we experience on the, on other places. And this is because we are in the second sequence right now where social, like, entirely converges with entertainment and Gen Z are really hungry for media that let them create, that let them have a voice in what they consume and in some kind of a, an ubiquitous way to build a meaningful and interactive relationship compared to traditional passive social media. Yes, yes. Um, I, I agree with, with, uh, with Francois and, 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 and I would say so, so you have, as Francois said, so you have the all messaging platform because with a snap, uh, iMessage, Messenger, and, or, or even House Party, which is new, but is limited because it's on the same graph or, or of Snap, for example. So they can just snap by, by launching the feature of House Party. They can just limit the, the, the reach they can, they can have. Then, as Francois said, you have the, the, the platform, uh, entertainment platform like YouTube, TikTok, Insta, that it's all about performance and it's all about fame. And on those platforms, the interactions are very poor and you have followers, but you don't have meaningful interactions and you cannot socialize with, with, with those people. And, and when Francois is, is speaking about new spaces, it means spaces where, where you can express yourself. And if you look at the last platform that emerged in, in, in the world and among Gen Z, it's either gaming platform where you have a game and you can enter in an open space like on Fortnite and play with a hundred of people and, and have this kind of, of interaction with them and this kind of, of collaboration. You have Discord where you create a server and you can speak in real time with your voice, with the people you are gaming with on, and now you can also use Discord at the office while you are working remotely to kind of having the same uh, open space you have in real life, except that you are at home and all your team members are at home. And what I would say is that the future of, of, of new social platform is being able to reproduce how you have interactions and how the society works today offline, online, by empowering this either with um, AR or either with a, with a way to improve your experience. So, for example, on, 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 on Yubo, you can instantly connect with a group of people from the same age, from the same interest, and speak with them wherever you are and, and, and whenever you, you, you want. And you cannot do that in real life, you know? So, and, and, and we, we are seeing that especially during this difficult time because we, we understood that with the technology we, we have today, even if we are at home with a computer and with a good internet connection, we can have exactly the same experience you would have, you would have offline. So if we are thinking about the, the, the future of, of, of social network, we need to more think on how we can create this society, this society on online because for the new generation, they are very connected. The next generation are going to be even more connected. And as there is no difference between online and offline, you need to reproduce what you have off, offline online. 
and and I think it's a it's very striking to see what's happening in the virtual worlds because Sasha talked about like games that are becoming like complete virtual worlds with uh, potentially new societies that uh, that emerge within those games and like uh, if you take for instance Fortnite it's a very strong illustration of how technology is converging with like one of the most consistent human traits historically that is our desire to escape to imaginary worlds where anything is possible or will be possible. We have seen that like from the past through mythology, religion, or different kinds of arts, like uh, the human express these, its needs to uh, escape to fantastic alternate universes. And now technology bring that as a reality uh, and make it possible uh, through four kind of dimensions. The first is the immersiveness. So now I can go to virtual places and virtual temporalities that I cannot experience like uh, in, in the real life. The second dimension is the inherence or the persistence. So there is a continuity of what I can do on different kinds of media. I can do it on mobile, I can do it on my computer, I can do it on many other different new media that are emerging today. The third dimension is the inclusiveness. So virtual worlds, games, or like open spaces like Hubo makes people realize they are part of a community. And this is really important with regard to what we said earlier. And the, the last dimension is the interactivity. So people feel they are more active uh, when they are playing this game or where they are talking to those people and it, it gives them more control, more influence over what they do. I mean, like Fortnite, amazing success over the past years is something that is a phenomenon. And I, I think uh, like we haven't seen such a phenomenon over the past like uh, years. And I think it expressed a strong product market fit for this kind of new social entertainment experience. Uh, like they have 4,000 million players in the world that generate several billion dollars in yearly revenue. And today they occupy 25% of the total free times of twins and teens aged between 10 and 18, uh, especially in the US, which is kind of uh, insane. And the virtual experience that Epic tries to build goes way beyond a game uh, with outcome-driven behaviors, as we say, and much more towards this kind of new space, a new open space. You certainly heard of uh, people virtually hanging out, attending a virtual Travis Scott concert, or exclusively discovering the trailer of Star Wars next episode within Fortnite. And I think there will be plenty of uh, those new virtual experiences created by third parties in the future, thanks to like their Unreal Engine, which is uh, originally a great a game creation motor that belongs to Epic, and which will be tomorrow, I think, the virtual content creation engine for everything and everyone. So just like think about the creative need of this generation, how it starts crystallizing today on many different platforms, and how you could see a virtual world where everyone, individual, Companies can create and customize all kinds of game experience, events, scenario, and live them through within this world. 
So it's, it's a bit fascinating and I'm a bit fascinated by, uh, by Epic. And I think it's going to be one of the things of the next 10 years. And, uh, I mean, like there are many different virtual worlds that we could talk about Roblox. We could talk about like Minecraft. We could talk about GTA where players are moving from a competitive behavior to a more collaborative or co-living behavior. I don't know if you guys have watched the YouTube videos about George Floyd burial reconstitution within GTA, but it's crazy. It's, it's very like an important and uh, emotional moment for all those players that have been attending this uh, virtual event. And if you are like interested in this uh, kind of topic, I encourage you to, to, to listen to the um, interviews of Tim Sweeney, who is Epic CEO, because I think they are today like the, the most advanced in building the, this kind of, uh, of uh, next-gen virtual like world. Totally. Let's zoom out a little bit and talk about what are some key learnings or lessons that we have for, for founders who want to build uh, companies and products uh, in, in this space or, or for this audience? Yes, yes, of, of course. So, so, so what I, uh, I learned from, from my experiences, uh, especially on the, on the first product when we were very young, is safety is, is, is very, very important, especially when you are building a, a social platform. And if you don't have safety measure in place, from the beginning, you cannot succeed to today, especially uh, with gen Generation Z, because as they were born with with phone, as they were born with 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 internet, they they need to have this protection, and they need to have at even more protection that you can have in a in in in, in real life. So so this is very 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 important to to invest on on, on safety, and, and and that's why this is one of our main focus from from the beginning on Yubo and, and and that's why we we are today one of the leader in terms of, of real-time moderation and 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 this is how they can have uh, meaningful interactions and this is how they can they can socialize and have a, a good the good experience then the, the the second learning i would say with the with the, the second product we've built and that, that didn't work is that we had a good idea you know and we asked all our friends, what do you think about this product? You should test this product and, and tell me what do you think. But everyone will say it's a good idea at some point. They are your friends. So they will test the product and, and they will say, okay, it's, it's good. And then when you, when you launch the, the product, you, you, you will see that having a good idea is, a, is not enough. You need to go beyond that. And, and, and you, you definitely need to find a need that people have uh, or you need to solve a problem and, and this is exactly what we've done with with uh, with Yubo. We had this mission of improving the way of how people connect and interact, but we started really with a with a very simple problem and we didn't know if if we will have traction or if we will find a solution. But we as we noticed that millions of people were sharing this Snapchat username online, we understood that there were some people that needed something and it was only to, to make friends on Snapchat. But as five years ago, Snapchat was only a messaging application to be with your best friend. So why you would share your Snapchat username online to speak with other people you don't know. And this is how we iterate on and, 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 and find out Yubo and find out this need of this generation that to socialize and have meaningful interactions. And this is how we, we built, uh, this 
public spaces with a with small group of of people. And and last thing we we we've learned with with Yubo is that we we find answers by being able to test as many things as we can and very quickly to validate or, or, or not validate uh, hypotheses we we had. And this is on this is how you can you can move forward because if you try if you try to build a product that will take you six months to create with a lot of features, at the end of the six months you will never know what you are testing. You know. So my best advice is when you want to solve something or when you are building a, a feature, you need to answer the question: What are you testing? Why you are testing that? And being sure that you you are making the the most simplest feature to to answer this need and and i, I can give you a, a, an example on, on that so so when we launch the public group chat where you can interact through video audio and chat we only launched at the beginning the video and we just wanted to see if people were streaming because if we were launching the complete feature with video audio and and the live feed and everything and if we didn't have any streamer live streaming on the platform, it would have never worked, you know? So it's very important to understand what you are testing, how you are testing it, and being sure that you can build this in less than one or two weeks and, and test it directly to, 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 to the users. And I just want to pick up on what you just said, Sasha, about the, the distribution and, uh, and, and the very beginning of, uh, of Yubo's cross-traction, because it was kind of a, a mix between a hack and a true need that you detected on Twitter and that you were able to industrialize to, uh, to, to start growing. And, uh, one of the key learnings that, uh, like we, we give to founders and, and we keep seeing is, uh, is they have to think twice about the distribution strategies. Like, uh, it's not new that human attention is, is finite, right? And, and the attention economy is so talked about today because there is such an intense competition for entertainment time and particularly across categories. So you have a monopoly of big players, very powerful that can copy you very, very fast. So you really need to change the growth paradigm and, and to define new growth recipes. So as Sasha said, historically, you are having your friends, your school and a few influencers that could talk about your products, but now we think it's very complicated to do without various combinations of paid acquisition in various digital communities. And if you do that properly, you increase your organic growth through word of mouth or product features that you, your product may have. But paid marketing is key and it's very far from trivial. It requires a set of specific skills and platform expertise. It requires a very particular mindset that there are tons of moving parts. And I think most of all, it requires cash. And often an early on efficient business model that allows you to spend what you earn or show that growth could turn profitable at some point, especially to an investor. And I can tell you this is something which doesn't resonate yet well with many founders and with many investors. And Sasha knows that. Right from your experience, like discussing with VCs, right? 
Yes, yes, that's right. I, I, I agree. I agree with you, and and, and it's funny because uh, I spoke with uh, with a lot of of BC and 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 especially right now, as you know, we don't have that much new social platforms that are emerging, except uh, for gaming platform or maybe, as I said, Discord. People and especially VC, it, it's very difficult for them to to find out new products that are emerging because. There is no products that are, that we can compare to Facebook or Snap or Twitter or Facebook or, or even TikTok that will work today because they all rely on the same graph of people, the same graph of people from your existing network. And you cannot have any feature around that because as soon as you launch a product based on this, on this network, they can just copy you and they will block you. And it's going to be very difficult. So when I'm meeting uh, VC and, 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 and it's funny because especially in the US and, and I'm, and I'm pitching Yugo and, and, and saying what we are building and saying we are building this product to, to let people socialize and, and have real time interactions with other people. And it can be people that they know from their network. It can be people they don't know. And it can also be people that will never be their friends and they will never meet again. They don't understand because it doesn't correspond of what they've seen with uh, with Facebook or with Snap or with Twitter and they cannot compare any metrics or because it's not a messaging application it's not an entertainment platform like TikTok and it's a, a social socializing platform but today if you look at the social network you either socialize with your friends and with your network you either socialize through gaming on Fortnite, as we said, but there is no online platform except for, for, for Yubo today where you can socialize with other people through conversation. And I think it's, it's interesting because like there is a traditional VC consumer framework inherited from those big players that have grown in a very specific way. Like usually VC, they say, Show me strong organic user growth and I will show you the dollars. At this stage, I'm not very interested in monetization. I just want to see strong organic growth. Or, hey, your product is very cool, but you don't have any network effect or you don't have any key factor, so it's a pass. And the consequences is there's been a strong shortage of well-funded and then ambitious consumer social platforms in, in the past years. And I think what's a bit interesting is there is maybe a more modern consumer framework and maybe more in Asia where those players, like potentially big Asian platforms, they are looking much more about what's your day 13 retention on all an engaged user? What's your cost per install? What's your LTV? How do you increase engaged user LTV over time? Basically, they take Modern consumer platforms, more like mobile games with an economical equation that can be scaled and improved. So obviously you need deep pockets, but look at the value creation Biden's generated with TikTok from one to, I don't know what we say today, between 30, 15 billion dollars valuation. And yes, they did it with a three to five billion dollars marketing investment, which is huge, obviously, but they did it. And the, cre the value creation is, is insane. I think the consequence is 
we will see in the coming years more and more Western social consumer platforms funded by a new kind of investors on this kind of uh, model, business model, with a paid acquisition and early monetization that can scale. And maybe there will be a lot of Asian investors in those companies. Talk a bit more, Francois, about how you see sort of the future of, of, of entertainment going and what interesting trends you're, you're noticing and, and want to invest in in the coming years. Well, that's definitely a hard one, but uh, everything we discussed before it gives a taste of where we're going. And I can think of two strong trends leading to several kinds of, uh, of a venture return opportunities. The first trend is transmedia storytelling, which is the fact that we want to tell more stories about things we love in more new ways and on more different media. So there is a strong emotional link with what entertains us. And we want more of the stories we love more often in, in more media, always. And just look at Star Wars with Disney. There are new movie episodes that are planned to hit the theater in the coming years. There has been a side story about a side character decline as a series on TV. There is a, a new legal Star Wars video game that has been released on PlayStation and Xbox this year. Uh, so it's just a proof. And, and it's the same with a Marvel Comics universe where you can just like become a Marvel character in Fortnite right now if you want to be dressed like Batman and tomorrow you will be able to be Batman. Um, but, but this is a really something happening right now. And at the same time, creative expression, democratization has never been that strong and it's kind of in the genes of this industry to constantly explore new methods of storytelling and ever-changing ways to play and to pay. And I think this transmedia storytelling will give birth to new businesses. And I think we'll see more interactive technologies allowing new creative experiences on, on more media like human-driven digital characters technology that will mimic your human face movements and expressions on your digital face and enable new kind of uh, virtual interactions, for instance, in virtual worlds. There will be new broadcasting technologies that can understand, synchronize, and render what a thousand people involved in a common virtual experience are doing simultaneously. This is really hard to do some teams are working on it right now. And I think there will be more creation tools and creation platforms that will lower the barrier to entry to new content and more of them being AI powered. I would be, for instance, interested in like a next gen platform where a community of fans could easily create and engage around a side episode about their favorite AP character, for instance. Another example of transmedia storytelling thesis um, is an investment we just made in a company called Powder.gg, which is a mobile platform allowing gamers to edit their best in-play moments with cool music, visual effects, voiceover, etc., and share it with the community on the app on other social networks. It's for gamers, but it's soon likely to be for everyone spending time in virtual worlds 
what Instagram is today to everyone spending time in the real world. Meaning this will be the place where you share virtual stories of what's happening in your Fortnite, your GTA, or any other large platform. And speaking about large platforms, I think another big trend that I look at today is the convergence and interconnections of those main entertainment platforms. I'm very convinced this convergence will happen because the real world works like this, right? Today, when you look at the, the digital world with Netflix, Insta, Fortnite, Apple, or Minecraft, it looks like a mall where every store uses its own currency, requires proprietary ID cards, has proprietary units of measurement, different dress codes, etc. And at the end of the day, it's likely to be the user choice for simplification, value transfer maximization from one place to the other to have some kind of interconnection or interoperability between all those platforms. And if you think about that happening in the midterm, driven by the idea to prevent a few major operators to run this interoperability to their own advantage or to maintain some kind of dominant close ecosystem, I'm sure you will see tons of venture return opportunities. For instance, we could see independent businesses built on top of decentralized technologies or community-based standards and protocols and allowing this interoperability as third parties like ID verification, payment exchange or processing, what else there could be security, meta system of record for digital reputation and digital attributes, tons of very interesting things at the meta layer. Another expression of a large entertainment platform's convergence could be a new social first platform designed to be the place where you call the content in order to watch, to create, or to, to play together with friends or strangers. Like finally, the true live digital living room or digital town hall that Mark Zuckerberg um, tried to express interview after interview. And this could turn particularly interesting and, and valuable as such a platform would, would result in owning and exploiting the entertaining social graph at a meta level across platform, who does what, how, when, with whom, etc., and try to, to monetize this, this, this graph. And, and basically, this is just what companies like Bunch, which is another of our portfolio investments, Yubo, or even House Party originally wanted to, to build. And, and maybe one last thing that I'm looking for with, again, this idea of convergence or interconnection would be a sort of a, of a meta game or a meta experience interconnected with most successful interactive platforms and involving quests that derive consistency across them and that allows to recreate and exploit a proprietary meta system of identity, of monetization, etc., that will exist on top of those existing platforms. That will be very interesting. And if you work on that, please just like drop me a mail. Awesome. Great. So, so nearing towards the close here, uh, Sasha, 
what do you see as sort of the future of Yubo and how do you think about you know, the principles we've been talking about and implementing into into uh, where Yubo can go directionally? Yes, yes, it's a it's a, it's a very very good question. Thank you, thank you, Eric. So so for for for, for the moment, we've been we've been focused on on, on creating the space where you can reproduce the way of how you interact in real time with a with a group of people, and it's mainly based uh, on the conversation of the of the of the people that they can have. And now we, we are empowering this with activities, you know, and with entertainment. So, so we just added ice breaking games that you would play in, in real life. Like, would you rather, to be honest, or draw quiz games or Pictionary, uh, where you need to guess what you are drawing. And we are also, we also added the screen sharing. Like, if you were in real life with a group of people, you would just show uh, your screen to, to, to the people around you to, 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 to show a, a video and you can do that now also in a group chat on, on Yubo. And now we, we are also working on, on being able to have live content, uh, for example, live DJ set, uh, a, a yoga course, a magic tricks that you can watch in real time with your group of people you, you, you are. On, on Yubo, like you would do if you were going to, to, to a concert in real life or like if you were going to, to a festival or if you were going to sports and to, to have this, this course. And, and, and basically we, we try to entertain our users with activities to make sure that they will socialize with a TV show, with video, with TV. And, and we are reproducing basically the life you have in your living room, the life you have in a nightclub, the light you have in a festival on mobile online. Totally. That's a, I think this is a great place to, to wrap. And Sasha, for people who want to learn more, uh, where can you point them? And, and same for you, Francois, about Alvin. Yeah, so, so, so they can learn more about, about, about Yubo um, on, on Twitter, on, on Instagram, so on, on Yubo.app on, on, on Instagram. And I'm also on, on Twitter, and my arrobas is uh, Sasha Laz. And, um, but the, the, the main thing to, 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 to know what we are building is to download Jubo. But at some point we are making age groups. So, so if you are over 25, it might be complicated to, to socialize because we don't have that much users. But yes, like uh, on, on, on Twitter or on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter, but not very active. You can, you can, you can see me on Fortnite if you manage to catch me. And, uh, and otherwise you can just send me an email at Francois at alven.co. Yes, and, and you can also send me an email uh, on sasha at yubo.live. Uh, sasha, Francois, this has been a fantastic episode. Thanks so much for, for coming on. Thank you very much, Eric. Thank you very much, Eric. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, we'd love to hear from you. Check us out at villageglobal.vc.